listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episodes 177, The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea, Mersanta. Welcome to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. We're your hosts. I'm Morgan Stradling. I'm Chelsea Robson. And we don't have Mason Smith. <laughs> But this is a Morgan and Chelsea episode, and we love those. There's so much yes. singing and joking <laughs> and whimsicalness. <laughs> yes, as if we don't already have enough of that in our original episodes, but when it's just Morgan and Chelsea, there is a little extra girl comes out. We usually <laughs> do one of the movies that either is very dear and near to many girls' hearts from the 90s or the 80s, and or even some that are just so bogus and crazy and wild that we're like, Mason, we, we're not even going to bother you with this. <laughs> Chelsea and I will handle it. <laughs> so speaking of that, this episode, we are going to be reviewing a Disney direct-to-video sequel, The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea. And if you don't know what we are, we are the Animation Addicts Podcast, and we talk all about Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and ev Oh, you already said that part. Never mind. Um, but basically, and if you've never heard us before, basically the Rotoscopers Podcast- Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Seriously. <laughs> We're basically just a couple of friends who sit around and like nerd out about animated movies. Don't expect more than that. Please. Don't put that kind of pressure on us. <laughs> we just, we're just those friends that you can, you know, there was a, there was a five-star, I have to say, there was a five-star review. No, uh, there was a review that I was looking at. They were like, you know, it's kind of like eavesdropping in on your weird friends. And I'm like, yes, that is what we are. So glad we can be that for you. Best compliment ever. Seriously. If you haven't checked this movie out, there's going to be full of spoilers, as with every movie. And honestly, I don't, <laughs> it really depends on how much you're like wanting to watch this film. Like, I can't in great faith, <laughs> like, say you should watch it. <laughs> you kind of have to have watched it to really just be able to laugh at it. So if you have watched it, we're just going to be laughing at this because it's, it's, a, it's one of those. It's a direct-to-video sequel. You know what you're going to mm -hmm. expect. Exactly. So uh, there actually are quite a few people who don't even listen to the movies. They just like to listen to us talk about the movies. And if you're one of those people, that is okay. Welcome aboard. Um, also, if you've seen The Little Mermaid, you kind of get the gist of what The Little Mermaid 2 is about, and we will talk about that. But before we get started, we want to give a huge shout out to our patrons, members of Roto Nation, who help support the show and keep the show going. Since we have brought the patron program back, we have had so many patrons, new and old, come back into the fold, and it's really fun. You have access, depending on what level you join, you have access to our patron-only Facebook group, and we have tons of fun discussions there. The patrons get to weigh in on what are the next movies that we're going to review, and they get to give feedback about the show. And what I think is the coolest thing, one of the newest perks that we have done since we brought it back in 2020, is that we have bonus exclusive content that only the patrons get for every single episode so discussions of us talking before the show shooting the breeze extra bloopers maybe there were some tangents or side conversations that just didn't make sense to keep it in the final episode the patrons get 
all of those. And then in addition to that, we also have bonus episodes such as the Rotocast, which is our call-in show where the patrons get to call in, hang out, ask questions, or the Roto Rewatch where we go back and we rewatch one of the 177, 78 films that we have done. And we just get to talk about it all again. And with new perspective, there's been a few years in between. It is just so, so much fun. So if you love the content that we give you, that is still free. But if you want even more, then consider joining the club and becoming a patron. You can go to rotoscopers.com slash patron for all the details. Do you know what, Morgan? Sorry, there's some noise. There's some noise in the background. What? Do you know what else is really cool about this? The patron program is that you don't have to sit through ads. Oh yeah. Ad free episodes. <laughs> Speaking of, let's hear an ad. <laughs> Coming soon to own on video and DVD. Ten years ago, a mermaid dreamed of life on the land. I've never seen a human this close before. Now her daughter dreams of the sea. You know what? Sometimes I even pretend I have fins. The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea. Get ready for a story unlike any other. This is the only way. Melody can't know about merpeople or Atlantica. It's an adventure you'll never forget. What's happening, Melody? <laughs> Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents an all-new full-length animated feature. I know this necklace means something. If no one's going to tell me, I'm going to find out for myself. The Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea. Premiering only on video and Disney DVD. I'm too old for this. The Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea. Some basic information about this movie to help prime the pump to get us started. This film was released September 19th, 2000. Normally you would think this is produced by Disney Toon Studios, but there are actually three production companies involved, Walt Disney Video Premiere, Walt Disney Television Animation, and Walt Disney Animation Canada, and of course distributed by Walt Disney Home Video. Disney is a big company and they have lots and lots of subsidiaries. So there you go. It was directed by Jim Comerud, and I am so sorry if I am saying that incorrectly, and Brian Smith. Thanks guys. You done good. So like we said, this was released in September 2000, and this was starting to become the heyday of the Walt Disney direct-to-video sequels. So many films were getting sequels at this time, just like right now. So many films are getting live-action remakes. They were never-ending, and so it seemed no film was safe. And Little Mermaid, it had been about 11 years since the film had come out, so it was due time to head back to the sea. And of course, you have to go back to the sea because that's the whole point of The Little Mermaid. It would not be that exciting if she just stayed on land with legs because let's be real we love our mermaids that we do um i wasn't really able to see how much money this film made but i'm sure it made a boatload of money for the company you know it's been released on dvd special edition dvd with a deleted song so this movie i have lots of stories uh with morgan going back to years of our friendship and you know, in about 2000, we were both in high school still, and mm -hmm. uh, we were, there was this one time, my sister Marissa has Down syndrome, and basically her favorite thing in the world is watching movies all the time, all day, all she can get her hands on. 
And <laughs> there was this one time where Morgan came over. We were going to go somewhere, go do something or whatever. And we had the Disney movie club like brochure thing on the kitchen counter. and I, Which they still send out to this day. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense to me as a revenue stream business model, you know, because everything's moving digital, but Hey, they must be getting some breadcrumbs from that. I so. mean, they could also just have a lot of inventory they're trying to get rid of still. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, please. But anyway, I go upstairs to like get something. And then all of a sudden I'm coming down the stairs and I hear Morgan talking to Marissa and she's, and Morgan's like, Hey, Marissa, this movie looks great. You should get this one next. <laughs> And I was like, Morgan, <laughs> you're trying to use Marissa <laughs> to get movies. <laughs> hey, I knew she that she was a connoisseur of movies. She was always buying new movies. So, hey, I want to see the movie, but I definitely am not interested in investing in the movie because I know it's not going to be that good. Let's be real. This isn't Toy Story 2 we're talking about. This is Little Mermaid 2. Right. And uh, yeah, so, hey, excuse me for working the angle. <laughs> it was just so funny because I called you on it and you were like, ah, I know. <laughs> You were, you were like really embarrassed. Like, dang it. You weren't supposed to hear that. I have no shame now. No, not at this. all. And I get it. Like, and the thing is like, neither do I. So it's cool. We did end up getting it. I think pretty sure we did at that time. I know that we have it now for sure. Cause she pulled it out and showed it to me. Uh, but we yes, were, she's very proud of that. Yes. See, so it brought her so much happiness and joy. So for sure. yes. I'm not the bad guy. Come on. <laughs> I never said you were the bad guy. I just thought it was funny. See, the thing is like watching movies with Marissa is probably one of the funnest things because she always has the most she she remembers all of the things she remembers quotes she remembers plot points and all the like everything people say like she remembers it and it surprises me every time i don't know why it does but it still does and so when we pulled this one out she's like oh this one okay <laughs> and <laughs> Um, there is a certain, there's a couple points where throughout the, as our discussion, I'm going to share some of her quotes because Marissa quotes are the best. Perfect. So this film, like we said, basically is the plot of the little mermaid, but in reverse. So Ariel, she is a mom now, and she just has her one daughter who's supposedly a teenager because she, there is a point where she says, being a teenager is hard. I understand. I'm like, she seems really little, but we'll talk whatever she's 12 she's 12 okay i i thought she was about 10 yeah no she was but anyway at the beginning, so, they were like oh look at those 12 candles oh look at you and i'm like okay oh, okay okay so tweens are a thing like there's a difference there's yes. the under 13 is the child but actually like the 10 to like 13 is probably and over the years i've noticed how that age group is most likely your biggest cash cow like you're going to get a lot of people <laughs> a lot of a lot of purchase dollars go into that age group because they like are they're aware of everything enough to know that they want something but also not aware of the financial situation it would take to get all the things <laughs> right and the parents love them so much that right. you know, we're just going to buy them all the things <laughs> right so Eric and Ariel, they're living a happy life on land, and there was this unfortunate event when the baby was young where they went back to the sea, and they brought everyone together, and everyone was living in harmony, <laughs> harmony, and so mer people and humans, they 
it's no big deal. And so he has this locket that he's presenting to the daughter, but then, oh, oh no, the sea witch. Nope, not the sea witch, not that sea witch. The sea witch's sister, Morgana, comes <laughs> and of course she wants what all sea witches want, which is his triton creates this big ruckus and fight and then finally she goes away you know she's able to escape but then it makes ariel realize oh crap the sea is full of horrible evil people not like the real world isn't and so she says no she cannot see the sea no more and she she gives triton back the locket and then i mean this is a pretty powerful locket it has this very cool hologram of atlantica kind of that you can see it's kind of like a snow globe yeah. but a little more high tech and he's just like okay cool you can you know not talk to me ever again i'll just throw this thing over the shoulder no big deal and it sinks off to the bottom of the sea and that's where we see the wall go up and and then basically the 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 plot kicks off at this point where melody is now older and they built this giant wall and the sea is off limits you can never go there not the dark shadowy place and but she's because it's in her blood she's drawn to the ocean so that's just kind of setting up the plot and we'll talk about the different things that happen we're not necessarily going to go scene by scene in this but you will see that they don't get very creative at all in coming up with a sequel and they kind of just rehash a lot of the character scenes quotes scenarios from the first film which doesn't make for an entirely unique movie going experience which we'll talk about it feels like a cash grab <laughs> right which it is <laughs> it, it is you know so going into this the main things that i remembered about it were kind of like the selling points to me as like a high school person when this first came out was that they had a lot of the original cast members and mm -hmm. so that to me was one of the reasons why i'm like oh if they're bringing back if they're spending the money to get back the original cast members not all of them but some of them uh then it's got to be good right or at least got to be try to be cool and i don't i definitely didn't recognize these voices earlier I, I knew there were a couple ones that i was like yeah that's not the same person that is but that isn't but i i wasn't as knowledgeable then as i am now as far as who different voice actors are and there's a difference between like celebrities doing voice voice acting and voice actors there's there there's like a crew of people that do all of the main television shows oh yeah so the, some of the voices that they brought back, obviously they brought back Jody Benson as Ariel. They brought Samuel E. Wright as Sebastian. They brought Pat Carroll back as Morgana, who she's not back as Ursula. And we'll talk about like how I feel about Pat Carroll literally being the same voice as her sister. They brought back Kenneth Mars for King Triton, um, Buddy Hackett for Sc Scuttle. So kind of like the main crew mm -hmm. apart from a few people which i think goes into your next point <laughs> yes so i'm listening to each one i'm like yes that's the same yes that's the same and then there's an, one where right when prince eric comes up i'm like what like <laughs> that is rob paulson <laughs> right and if you don't know like rob paulson you can't unhear rob paulson's voice once you know who he is, you hear him everywhere. And I'm like, yes, that is oh, yeah. Rob. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple people in this as well that are just that person. But the moment that Rob Paulson starts up. So Rob Paulson, he actually played Yakko Warner uh, from the, the Animaniacs as well as like, that's like probably the one that most people would like recognize as like, that's his yes. voice. But once totally. you hear his voice, you're like, oh no, you're everywhere. <laughs> So anyway, that was so, the first thing that I was like, what? Okay. Well, and 
And Rob Paulson has more of a high-pitched voice. Uh-huh. Like, obviously, he still has, like, a manly voice, but it's it's on the higher register. And I don't understand why they picked Rob Paulson for Prince Eric, because Prince Eric had kind of just a very standard, you know, white guy voice yeah. that wasn't too high, wasn't too low. You know, it just kind of, like, was. And so I was looking back at the original voice actor. I'm like, okay, so who was it that was too cool for school <laughs> to show up for, like, what, one day's of work, right. one day's worth of work for his lines? And it's a guy named Christopher Daniel Barnes. Um, he's really, he's mostly known as Spider-Man in the 1994 animated series Spider-Man and then Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. And he also was Greg Brady yeah, the in the Brady Bunch movie, <laughs> the Brady Bunch movie and a very Brady sequel. So not like the original Brady, right. but he played him in the 90s. And so I'm looking at his career here on Wikipedia and it really started in 1985, you know, as most people do as the world turns, soap operas are where a lot of people get their start. So I'm like, okay, so he was like working his way up in the 80s, then boom, he hits the little mermaid. He did a ton of television in the 90s, a lot of movies, a decent amount of movies, you know, the, really the the Brady sequel in 1996 was the last one that he did. And but it wasn't necessarily like this guy was so jam-packed with work like in 2000 he just played police officer in seventh heaven (laughs) um okay and it's so this guy wasn't big enough that he had become you know like an a-lister so and and then here he's gone back in 2005 2007 and he's doing prince eric in the kingdom hearts films so he's definitely seen the error of his ways and realized i guess i'm not um too good to do prince eric please like give me all of the (laughs) prince eric that you you can because i need the money (laughs) but it's just that i think is the worst voice acting out of the whole film because it's so jarring and it's Rob Paulson. And like you said, Rob Paulson, I love him, but he has a very distinct voice. There's another character in this film who wasn't one of the main characters, but she's one of those voice actress girls who just, you know, her voice immediately. And it's Tess McNeil. And she kind of mm-hmm. just played like a random background character, but she's the voice of Dot. Speaking of Animaniacs, Daisy Duck is probably her biggest thing that she does. And Babs Bunny. Um, I absolutely love her. And I think she's amazing as Daisy Duck. But then just like my, my voice actor radar goes off when I heard her just as this random character. I'm like, wait, what? But anyway, speaking of other big name voice actors, let's go into our main character for this, which is Melody, the daughter of Ariel. And she is voiced by Tara Strong, who is just, she is voice acting legend at this point. Yeah. Um, she's she's done it all. Uh, li- literally everything. Uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Rugrats, Powerpuff Girls, Teen Titans. If you need a voice, you're usually going to be calling Tara strong because she's just so, so good. She's so good. And I was, the thing that amazed me the most is how she can make herself sound so young. I'd like to know how old she was in 2000, but I don't, like, she just always is able to make her sound really young. (laughs) So she's 47 now. So she was 27 at the time. Wow. No, yeah. She sounded really young. Like she totally pulled off a 12 year old. And it's funny because Tara Strong has a distinct voice, but I did not even recognize until I was looking after the fact that it was Tara Strong. Yeah, me too. Okay, so enough about voice actors. People are like, okay, we got it. People did their voices. Let's talk about the movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Ursula's <laughs> crazy sister. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that moment when, you know, <laughs> she appears and Sebastian says that. I texted it to Chelsea because I was just giggling. Like, really? That's the best line that you got? Ursula's crazy sister. Not in that voice because I can't do his voice. But, oh, Morgana. 
Which also, I remember when that first came out, we were both like, her name is Morgana. (laughs) Yes. I always secretly, well, I guess not so secretly. I wanted my name to be Morgana. I thought it was just so cool because there's a bunch of Morgans, but there's not that many Morganas. And maybe it's because Morganas in a lot of properties, TV, film, uh, you know, the legend of King Arthur, they're usually a bad person. So (laughs) maybe that's why people don't name their children that anymore, but... Uh, I'd totally be down. Hey, you, there's still time. Yeah. You could probably apply for that online. I don't want it that bad. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. But Morgana, I mean, so I'm just sitting here and I'm like, really, this is the best we could do. Our villain is just a replica of our previous villain. And she has the exact same motives, but then there's one extra layer that mom liked Ursula more. And so I need to show mommy, which where is mommy? Mommy's not even here. It appears mom is dead. So (laughs) yes, you need to show her in the, like, I'm going to show you sense, but I would have liked some nuance to the character and some differences in motivations. Like, yes, we get it. The Triton is the most powerful thing in the sea. Clearly everybody wants it, but not really. It's just you guys who want it. And it's just, I was like, oh, great. Here we go again. Yeah, I was not. See, the thing is with Morgana is when I was, as I was watching this movie, I was thinking, well, I feel like they needed to give her like a completely different personality. Like they needed to make her like kind of the blubbering one or something. Like if you were to look Uh at like the comedy duos of our lifetime and of history (laughs) there's always one like like more rotund and one more skinny and tall or whatever like so you know you have the body Mm -hmm. shapes that are like different and then so they check that that box off so yeah they check that box off so but one of them is always more like straight meaning not as humorous like Like, a straight shooter like a straight yeah the dry humor serious mm -hmm. like the pinky in the brain the brain yeah so if you have like brain haha what are we gonna do tonight pinky or no, the other way around. <laughs> what are we going to do with that, right? <laughs> like you have Pinky's just like super tall and like whatever. And then Brain's the, the, the brain. But that's the comedy duo of like just it's the standard, what everybody does. And I feel like it works. Really yeah. We never change. I feel like they could have made something out of that. And just I don't know what they were going for with this movie, though. <laughs> like if they were trying to create yeah. some type of a, a villain... I I think they still could have made her a funny villain, villain and just made her completely opposite of Ursula, but at the same time... Yeah, because her- she was too similar to to Ursula. I mean, even her design, she, obviously, she was the skinnier sister, but all body types, no shame. Everyone is good. Right. Plus, let's be real, Ursula and her body type is the best of all. It's true. But, you know, they're both these, like, human-octopi hybrids. And they they talk the same. Literally, Pat Carroll is the exact same voice, which is so frustrating because they're not even trying at this point. It's just, hey, we loved her so much. Let's bring her back because they're sisters, right? So they're obviously going to sound the same. Right. Which I and I get that. But I think I've, I wish that Pat Carroll would have been able to like take another angle at it. But then again, right. she's probably been like doing her Ursula voice for the last 20 years. So you know, it's kind of hard to get or eight. Yeah, and I know they really something. wanted to replicate to say the, the struggles that Ariel had when she was a teenager, her daughter has the exact same struggles. And so it just, it really right. replicates and mirrors almost too much where it's not even fun because you kind of know what's going to, you can expect what's going to happen even before it happens. Yeah. But going into it, like, I feel like, 
You just know what you're going to get into. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. We are like way down on this. Like we just need to be a little bit more fun. Like we got it. They replicated yeah. the original film in almost all sh- way, shape and form. Let's just kick back, take our <laughs> shoes off, you know, open up a cold one. In my case, a, a cold LaCroix and watch it and enjoy it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I have alkaline. That being said, I did as I was watching this, I was taking notes of all the callbacks to the original film. You know, like I said, there's Triton and his rainbow celebration. There's the, you know, you went over the wall, didn't you? Which is, you know, a callback to what Triton said to her. You deliberately disobeyed me. Again, Ariel is literally has become her father. Um, <laughs> Sebastian says, I tried to stop her. I'm like, wow, did we just steal the whole script here? Yeah. Um, you know, visiting a sea witch to get what you want, the sea witch with her henchmen. Um, there's even scenes where things that Ariel are very iconic Ariel, like that one scene where Ariel's swimming and she's swimming upward and kind of does like a flip loop to loop. Melody does that. Um, yeah. There's a couple moments though, when they're like, you went over the wall, didn't you? And, (laughs) um, Marissa looks over at me and she's like, and she does her little hand thing, like going like a a downward slope. And she's like, she went under. (laughs) I was like, yes, she did. (laughs) Yes. So she's technically not lying when she's like, no, I didn't go over the wall. No, no. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and yeah, she totally is turning into her father. But then again, I feel like I turn more and more into my mother every single day. So I guess it's kind of fitting. It's inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking speaking of this wall, did they not realize that they have totally crushed all the, the denizens of their kingdom because people bought this beachfront property, this amazing beach town, and boom, nope, no sea, no ocean view. I'm sure the citizens were not happy by this giant wall obstructing their view because i wasn't i looked at that and i was like oh stop it make it stop make it stop yeah he has one of prince eric's kingdom is one of the coolest because it's just literally right on the sand and sea they have stairways that just go straight to the sand i'm like how cool is that sign me up even at low tide it's right there (laughs) right (laughs) um but there's a point in time where like melody actually finds this locket and she's like, oh my gosh, why is my name on it? Oh, well, we forgot to talk about how she thinks that she's very um, clumsy as a human. Uh, you know, she's clumsy and oh, yeah. all these things. And she- yeah, we're setting up her internal debate and struggle. It's that I'm just not great as a human. You know, I, 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 I have don't this belong party. Here. I don't belong. No one likes me. I'm like, welcome to the club, sister. This is everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And then it gets to our favorite moment. She's talking to Sebastian. Sebastian's out there and she's like, hi, Sebastian. Oh, yes. I know everything you're about to say because I'm really obnoxious like that. And she's like, but I just don't, I just don't fit in. And sometimes I pretend I have fins. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the moment from the trailer that sold us all in this movie. Yes. At least me, where I was, okay, I need to convince my sis- my friend's <laughs> sister to get this thing. <laughs> I was pretty convinced too, so. <laughs> so let's talk about Melody a little bit more. I really like her design. She's very, very much a product of her parents. Yeah. She's basically Ariel's face model plus Eric's hair. 
Yes, and this is like what we talked about in our Lady and the Tramp episode. I know. <laughs> where there are two there are two ways that your children can go, right? It's either the daughters look exactly like the mom and there is not an not an ounce of the dad in them, and then the sons all look like the dad, right? Where it's uh the DNA has not crossed over. <laughs> or there is the Frankensteining of the children, which kind of does happen in real life to an extent. But yeah, so in this case it is the latter that we got. So it's Ariel's face and and we got to make her different. We can't have her have red hair because that's a recessive gene. Right. No way is that being passed down. And so she has this thick black hair and it's cool. I really like her design a lot. And she's, she's very appealing as mm-hmm. a character. Yeah. Well, Ariel was so appealing. So I mean, yes. you just change the hair color and you're like, it's, you're cool. It's Glenn clean. I mean, that's I don't care true. what color your hair is. You that's... are going to captivate me, mind, body, and soul. You know, she also does remind me a bit of Krista, the fairy from Ferngully. Okay. Who has similar... It's it's like the voluminous, big black hair. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. I can see where we're coming at this. I the mean, the giant 90s eyes. thing. <laughs> yes. Giant eyes. Which has never gone away. No. All Disney princesses basically are, are adult adultized babies. You know, mm-hmm. they have these big baby eyes. So how did you feel about her mermaid design? Uh, have I complained about mermaid designs in animation? <laughs> go for it. So if this is your chance, Morgan. If you haven't, here's your chance. It's relevant. Go. We love mermaids. People are obsessed with mermaids. I mean, there is even mermaid, which is a whole movement for artists where they draw mermaids because they are just so appealing. You got this big voluminous hair. You have seashells. You have a lot of skin showing you have mermaid tails i mean mermaids are just so cool everyone wished that they were let's be real we all did the mermaid hair flip when we were younger Still and wish that we were a mermaid every time that we were swimming in the pool right or in the ocean yeah and but i do have a problem when it comes to mermaids when they just put t-shirts on the mermaids <laughs> so melody basically has a crop top and i'm wondering if it's because she was so little you know 12 years old if it would have been too scandalous to have seashells on her like oh that's too much stomach showing so let's just keep her little crop top thing and call it good and it always bothered me because i'm like no you're a mermaid you deserve seashells you earned those <laughs> you deserve them I mean, if that was what she was wearing when she turned into a mermaid, then that's one thing. Like, it's one thing to just not be able to wear pants anymore because obviously you can't. Uh, But then you still got your shirt on. So cool. Uh, But then it goes later on and and Ariel turns back into a mermaid. And no, she's got the seashells. She found them. I guess that's her bra. That's just what she wears as a human. (laughs) She's like, I can't give these up. They don't make these like they they don't make them like this up here. <laughs> I think that's, so that makes sense, yeah, right? That makes sense. Okay, I'll go with that. We'll just go with that. <laughs> but this always really bothered me. There was a '90s TV show. If you remember this, let us know in the comments because it was it was Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates. And you know, Peter Pan, it's kind of a property that anyone can really make. You know, the IP isn't solely Disney, and it was just kind of about Peter Pan. And there was an episode. And I very distinctly remember this because it always bothered me and it still does to this day where Wendy, who this Wendy has dark black hair. It's kind of like a short little bob. She turns into mermaids and visits the mermaids and she has a a t-shirt on. And I was always so frustrated by that. I'm like, what is this garbage? (laughs) Even as like, okay, that came out and it didn't last very long. It was like 90 to 91. So I'm like four and I have these (laughs) opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Good times. <laughs>
yeah, so we talked about Melody and her big thing is she doesn't fit in. She really loves the sea. And so she just wants to be in the sea. And so she goes back and she has, she goes into the sea one day after, you know, totally embarrassing herself in front of her could-be boyfriend. Didn't happen. <laughs> and finds the locket, which King Triton stupidly just threw over his shoulder. Like, I love that he didn't even try. He's like not like, okay, I'll hold on to this. Maybe in a year or two, things will be okay. Right. You know, eventually we you need to be hopeful. Like we're okay. When we catch Morgana, then things will be good and she can come back. He's just like, Nope, done. No, no hope. <laughs> well, maybe he's got like a, like a spell or something that he can like Accio lock it or something. <laughs> like that. He's like, I don't have room for this in my house. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't all know all of the tricks that this, uh, Trident can do. Cause really the only thing that any of the, uh, two Ursula's, you know, were trying to do is just make people bow. Like, that's really all they wanted. Bow. <laughs> Public <laughs> humiliation. <laughs> and then turn people into mermaids or humans or giant or smaller fish. Which, okay, let's go back a little bit. Um, I wanted yes. to ask you, what are your thoughts on Undertow? You know, he's kind of funny. I thought it was a funny moment that they turned him into this, like, small little sh version of a shark. He was this big, very intimidating presence as a big shark. And... Yeah, so Triton turns him small, and they call him a sardine, and he doesn't ever turn back. And I just thought that was a really funny gag that they kept going. And <laughs> I loved that later on, when eventually Morgana gets the Triton, her first thought isn't, hey, I need to increase and bolster up my numbers, so let's, let's turn him back. Like She kind of forgets about it till like the very end. <laughs> and finally, he's able to turn back. But he should have been more vocal, you know. I know I would have, because he waited a long time as that little shrimpy shrimp. He was vocal. Like, half the time, he's like, what? You've had her back? this whole time and you didn't change me what but was well yeah he was vocal after he found out yeah i guess that's true <laughs> but once uh <laughs> once he turns into at the very beginning he uh, triton turns him into the smaller version of him marissa turns and she's like she gets really happy like this is her favorite character i think through the whole movie because every time <laughs> anything happened to this poor like she was like now he's anchovy ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> So let's do our power rankings of Disney villains, I guess, in the Little Mermaid series. So okay. we have Flotsam and Jetsam, and then okay. we also have Undertow. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if these characters are named, but we have the two Stingrays. Yeah, they did have names. Um, Cloak and Dagger. Ooh. Yeah, so I liked, they were kind of cool. I mean, that for as far as like the oh, villain yeah. henchmen, Flotsam and Jetsam, you can't be the no. original baddies. Yeah. And they're eels too. Yes. Eels are just I kind creepy. of liked cloak, cloak and Dagger because they were very evil looking, but they just didn't really have much personality. Mm -hmm. And then I guess I would do Undertow. Oh, really? See, Undertow definitely was more of the comedic villain of the two. Mm -hmm. Like that's, they were trying to play that, you know, the big, the small, I guess, in that way. The, the Iago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, no, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes, because that was the other one. Like, you look at back at Aladdin, Jafar, the only thing he actually did, other than, like, change him, give himself a new wardrobe, was make people bow. And I'm thinking, you guys really don't understand, like, what this pow like, power can do. And yet, right. all, you're do all you care about is that somebody bows at your feet. It's all ego. It's all <laughs> ego. Come on. Ask for something outrageous. Say I want the Nile. Ask for the Nile. I mean, they could be doing so much more. He could have had the Nile. Mm-hmm. So the other one we were talking about, Eric, um, 
Oh, Eric. He's such a weenie. He really was. Even from the very beginning, that first scene, like the only thing he really knew how to do was like take a rope, swing out on the ship, catch the baby. Okay. But like everything else, <laughs> he's like waiting for he's waiting for Ariel to do it. Like he just he's right. like kind of useless. <laughs> Like the role reversals have changed. I mean, he was very much kind of the, the traditional hero in the first film. Right. And I mean, yeah, you get married, but that doesn't mean like a part of you completely goes away. Like I still feel that he would be just as vocal and um, involved in the daughter's relationship. But he was just kind of like, he's like very soft spoken now. And it just, and, and then pair that with Rob Paulson's voice. I'm just like, <laughs> ugh. I don't like you anymore. You were really cool. The only yeah. time I really did like him when he had that really low cut tunic shirt. And I'm like, oh, hello, Eric. Yeah. Just don't talk. I can just look. He's, he is too earnest. Yeah. He's like, everything is, oh, I love you so much. Oh, darling. <laughs> oh, this. And I'm like, dude, right. like, here's, here's how I feel. You're not Jim, dear. I'm not married, but Morgan, you're married. And I've met a lot of married people. It's a thing. And I just noticed it's like, if you're changing that much in marriage, like, eh, it's probably not healthy. Like, from what I think of marriage, what it should be is like, you're basically the same person just now together. (laughs) Right. I mean, he's not a main character, but he could still have like, in uh, upcoming episodes, we are going to be talking about Tangled the series. As I am yes! still in the middle of Tangled the series. <laughs> Guys, all I care about right now is Tangled the series. I am obsessed. And when I get every once in a while, I find something like this where I'm just all in. And this is one of those. I am just, I cannot wait for this episode. Continue. And in true Morgan form, she when she gets obsessed with something, she says, Chelsea, <laughs> you must join me in my obsession. <laughs> and I inevitably do it. <laughs> so true. So I'm still like in the first, se- first season. I still have about a week or so to finish the other two seasons. It'll take a minute, but we'll get there. Um, but still, like I'm looking at Eugene slash Flynn writer, and I'm thinking he's still the same dude. Like he's, he's still guy. super yeah. funny. He's still super like it's my into thing. himself. Yeah, the, the vanity. They they definitely pair. Like we we'll talk about this, but the vanity they maybe amped up a little bit. I'm like, okay, I got it. He's into himself, but come on, right? You know for sure. But the thing, the fact is, he still has a personality. Like in this case, Eric totally doesn't have a personality. Well, it's because they they didn't want anything. They didn't really have anything for him to do. They weren't going to turn him into a merman, right. which would have been super cool. That would have been cool. Um, okay. Right? Why didn't they do like the that? Whole family. Well, I thought jumping all the way to the end, I thought yeah. that the the best solution for this was for the to have sort of like a portal that the family, anyone, anytime oh, can come visit the sea, and just like Ariel, you know, but you have to be a bloodline or you know by marriage. So you know, <laughs> Ariel, Melody, and Eric, anytime they wanted to go visit Grandpa, boom, like jump through the magical hula hoop into the you know do a swan dive into yes. the water and off you go, and um let's i'm sure the fa- i'm what am i saying it's the internet the fan <laughs> art exists okay of merman eric so just make it happen i mean that's what all the fan fictions wanted anyways just right. just lean in but they did it and they didn't have <laughs> anything to do with him you know he's the hero on land and they for some reason or another just didn't want him to be a part of the story that wanted to be the mother-daughter story yeah and i get that but i feel like they really could have just done better with him i just realized that the guy the original voice of eric then went on to play Prince Charming in Cinderella 3, 
a twist in time. Oh, oh, the original Eric is now Prince Charming too. Yes. Have we ever done that one? No, we haven't. We did a Ooh. YouTube video about it once. Yes, we did. That one's actually pretty good. We'll have to ask the patrons if they want to see that in our future. But again, we're being like really Disney centric recently. So we got to mix it up. Yeah. But one day, it's, guys, it's on the list. It's one of those. Inevitably, we'll get to it because we've inevitably gotten to the Little, Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea. So, you know, it'll happen. Um, yeah, I, I felt like they, that could have been a really cool a really cool thing if they would have been able to make them all like mermaids and just like everybody returns to the sea. Yay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This shouldn't have been a problem. This was the best solution because it doesn't seem like Triton's magic is inhibited in any way, shape or form where it's like, I can only turn you to a mermaid, but you can never come back. Right. He's like, Oh, you want to be a mermaid again? Cool. Here. Boom. It's, it's very fluid. And so for that Don't reason, deal. like, Hey, just open it up to the whole family. Come on. Yeah. And then there's also, the moment where like Ariel is first like putting her feet in the water and she's like, Oh, it feels so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I really wanted this to be like a splash moment. Like, see, that is the ultimate way of doing things because she's dry. Therefore she's human. She's wet. Therefore she's a mermaid. Great. Why, why didn't they just take that over? They own it. Whatever. Right. They do own the property. Yeah, but then it's too much like that other movie. So they kind of wanted to create it unique. No, I liked but... it. I should have kept it. <laughs> I stand <laughs> in my opinion. Dang it. Yeah, it was just, it made Ariel also become a really fuddy-duddy. Yeah. Like, she was a very passive character mm -hmm. as a result. I mean, obviously she goes and she takes control and, and goes to seek out her daughter. But, man, I don't love Ariel as a mom. She is no fun. She's too <laughs> much like her dad. Ugh. And she's just, those bangs. I mean, the bangs work when you have the flowing locks. But when it's, in, you know, the rest of it's all in this tight bun, I'm like, ugh, mom hair. Get this out. <laughs> you know, as soon as she transforms back to a mermaid, I'm like, oh, there we go. This, yes, this is hopping. I like it. But, no. The, the mom hair has got to go because well, she's just too young for that. I mean, if she was 16 when that happened, and let's say, so she's anywhere, she's like 28 at this point, 28, 29, maybe. Uh -huh. So it took a year or two to get pregnant, I don't know, or uh -huh. maybe right away. 28 to 30. That was a good. She's age. not old, okay? Yeah, no, she's not. Was, I know. <laughs> no, but there's like, you also realize that this came out in 89, which meant that the big bangs were a thing. And oh, I know yes. I had the big bangs. I know I did because I have lots of memories of doing these big bangs where you would like, here's how you would do it. You would, you would like curl one half of your bangs up and then you would spray <laughs> it and then you curl the other half of them down and you would spray it and then you would mix them. <laughs> that was the epic 90s hairdo and so i that mm -hmm. just like carried on and yeah you know how there's a lot of moms out there that never update their their style that's ariel that's ariel yeah yep. she's like no i i had it going on when i was 16 so i'm gonna keep this going she's like the world changed i will not change because <laughs> this hairdo is timeless okay these bangs they're not going anywhere sister <laughs> oh man well, and she has become her father, which, you know, as we discussed before, it's inevitable. We all do. Uh, but yeah, I don't, mm, there was a lot of things about Triton that I, were just confused me. Like at the very beginning, they kind of made fun of it in this way. The fact that she's like, oh, wow, it only took like 10 minutes to get everybody on my side, like to give me everything I wanted. Awesome. Great. And then they're like, actually, no, we win. Blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I just felt like Triton was like, 
not really engaged to the whole thing like he's just really passive as well why are so much passive passivity in these characters yeah because it would require way too much to focus on them so let's just let him i mean first off i don't know he had these amazing murgards he has a whole army of people why didn't i see those hunks in the first film okay and i I love it where like something happens and he's like double the searches you know (laughs) increase the search party i'm like didn't you already have a pretty big search party, but then basically he forced mandated that all the citizens stop what they're doing and self opposed to self quarantine. They have to go out and search for this melody character. I'm sure they're not very happy. They're like, Ugh, this Ariel is always causing problems for us. And now it's her daughter. Yeah, that's, you know, big government, man. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, but about the, yeah. the guards, I'm pretty positive that they were sprinkled throughout all of the, um, the tv show because i definitely remember them being a thing and then there was a point at the very end where like she is they're like fighting morgana at the very end right and you have this shark where he turns you know he's no longer a sardine he turns into a shark now and i'm thinking these he's got like this whole herd of dolphins that are pulling his his you know slave kind you know uh and i'm just thinking santa (laughs) He looks like it. He's a Mer Santa. <laughs> Basically, I mean, it's kind of right. I'm all right. I mean, <laughs> and then, um, but he's like got these dolphins, and I'm thinking, what are dolphins in this universe? Are they just like the horses of here? They have no other personality because I do know that dolphins are one of the only ones that can like actually attack sharks, or at least this is from my. They like bounce against them. I, like, hit mm-hmm. them and stuff. And so, like, they are one of the few that can actually, like, or actually have the, the know-how to combat sharks. And yet they do nothing. They're horses. Why? In, in, in my mind, I just have the sharks from Finding Nemo making fun of the dolphins. Oh, I'm a dolphin. Come look at me, dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> so really the only thing that's kind of new in this film is where Melody turns into a human or she's getting ready to turn into a human. And so as soon as she grabs that little orb, Ursula must have put some sort of like homing device on that yeah. because as soon as she touches it, it's like, oh, I can see. But Ursula, sorry, I said Ursula, I meant Morgana, but eh, they're the same. Um, Ursula had that special powers where she could kind of just like hone in and look at whatever was happening through flotsam and jetsam oh through them yeah so um i wonder if that was a similar thing we didn't really get to see through their eyes if you know that's what was happening but she touches it you know it cues morgana to go usher her and to take her away and so they get a little boat for her and they're pulling her along and the only new thing that we get here is when she kind of somehow goes to the arctic and then we get our new buddy comedy which again was very Timon and Pumbaa to me. Uh-huh. The little penguin just like had these little one-liners just like Timon. And I was like, Oof, can we be a little more original? No, because it's a sequel. No. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of like mish, like, like mix matching of different elements from like the, the successful movies that they just threw mm-hmm. in there. Like, oh, it worked there. Let's throw all of them in. Yay. Yeah. They were super like forgettable characters. Like, I forget that they're in this up until you just said it. I was like, oh, yeah, they are, like, a substantial part of this movie. (gasps) Yeah, they have their own plot line and kind of subplot and things that they need to achieve. um, But still kind of basically were there to give her friends. Uh Uh-huh. And they also don't know Atlantica. 
And therefore, they are fine right. with going in and, and stealing the Triton from the king. Stealing the Triton. Mm-hmm. I, it just was weird. The whole the whole adding of them in there. And then they had their song. And oh my gosh, the songs. Oh, the songs. <laughs> Let's talk about the songs. I mean, there's quite a few here. Whew. Okay, so there's Down to the Sea, which is kind of that intro number. There's uh-huh. Tip and Dash, which are, that's their names. You know, the guys that we were just talking about, but they were so, un- they were so forgettable that we didn't know their names. Tip and Dash. Uh-huh. And that song was bad. It was just bad, bad, uh-huh. bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Uh, Eco Eco, Octopus Garden, For a Moment, Give a Little Love, Hot Hot Hot, and Here here on Land and Sea. They're just, guys, they're really not good. Really not good. And it's like, oh, you tried (laughs) your best and failed miserably. Lesson is, they're forgettable. Um, Yeah, Uh, it's it's like... And I feel bad saying that because people, you need to wet your fins somewhere. You need to get oh, yeah. your start. You know, for the feature-length films, they go and they get the best. And for like the TV series or for some of these made-for-TV movies, either the price tag is too high, so they just can't afford the original, you know, Alan Menken, let's say. Right. And so they have to get someone else to kind of replicate. And okay. it's... I- I'm just going to say, if I had a random song put in a movie like this, I would be floored no matter what. And so I, I got to give all the props to all the writers because it's like, yeah, right. you wrote a song and you got something out of it. Yes. Awesome. Congrats. That's huge. I would. I am not in that position yet. I will be. But I am not there yet. <laughs> and so like you're, the fact that you're able to do this, great, but... It's like, it at that point in time, it goes back to the director. Like, are we really just putting this in? Um, because I feel like a lot of it, the sound of them, it just kind of felt like somebody was just, they heard it and they're like, eh, it's good enough. Like, yeah. So this, this is interesting. So these song titles, it's not like they had more, it doesn't appear that they had just one songwriting person or duo. Um, if, as I'm looking through these, there's a few people who had a lot of the songs, but then, okay, so look, Down to the Sea is music and lyrics by Michael Silvershire and Patty Silvershire, okay? Um, they also did Tip and Dash, and they did For a Moment, and they did the last one, which was Here on Land and Sea. And look, I'll actually go back to them in a second because they actually have a very interesting history with Disney music. They weren't one and done. This wasn't their only time doing anything for Disney. Right. But the other songs, like Hot Hot Hot, is Alphonsus Cassell. And that's the only song he did. Um, Give a Little Love is Albert Hammond and Diane Warren. Octopus's Garden was Richard Starkley and Ringo Starr, of all things. And this one song... Like an octopus's e- garden. Yeah, I remember that song, but... I didn't realize that was in it. And then this last song, this Ilko, Ilk, the Eco Eco song, um, this was a struggle bus. I don't know why there's so <laughs> many people involved in this, but music and lyrics by, I'm not going to say all their names, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people who work together to create this one song. It's like, no wonder the music isn't cohesive because so many different people yeah. had their hands in this. And going back to Silvershire and Silvershire, which is kind of their, their name that they're known. They're an American songwriting team and they did tons of songs for Disney and Jim Henson. Disney and Jim Henson. And so as I'm looking at their list, I'm like, oh, okay. I see what you did there. So they wrote the theme song for the Adventures of Gummy Bears. <gasps> I love that song. Yeah, I know. So when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay. You're up a few notches in my book. Totally. Because that's yeah. a good song. And they did a whole bunch of other songs in that series. Tailspin theme song. 
also. Okay, I'm here for this too. Oh, yeah. And they have a whole bunch of other songs in that series. So they kind of were like the Disney Afternoon songwriting team. So Chippendale Rescue Rangers, they didn't write the theme song, but they wrote a few songs in there. DuckTales, they wrote a few songs. Um, Donald Duck's 50th birthday in 1984, they just hmm. basically wrote a happy birthday song. And then, oh, then they get into the Disney sequels, Return of Jafar. Forget about love and nothing in the world. It's been so long since I've seen that movie and I don't really want to see this movie at this point because it's like kind of a joke at this point, but I kind of do because it's so bad, but they did that. They did the Little Mermaid TV show, which they wrote in harmony. Harmony. Yeah, yeah that's what it which felt is a good, like. That's a, that's a little pop. Okay. I kind of like that song. And that song in the TV show works, but these songs in this don't really. Yeah. Then they did a bunch of Winnie the Pooh um, films that were kind of like a Halloween one, a Valentine's Day one, and yeah, a bunch of other stuff. But it's just interesting because I'm like, okay, you've proven that you can do good stuff. This just wasn't it. And and looking at all the different people who were involved, it's it. I'm not quite sure what was happening here, but there was a lot of people involved in the songs. Okay, so... There are two ideas that popped into my head during this time. I definitely felt like, especially like uh, just in general, all of the songs to me felt like they, somebody had just been listening to all the other direct-to-video songs and just stayed within that vein, which in this situation sounds like that's basically, they, they're the ones, <laughs> they're listening to their own stuff and they just stayed in their own vein, which mm -hmm. knowing that I'm like, okay, I mean, whoever was the the music director on this on this movie was just like that's what they had been listening to as well i guess and it's when you are when you've got your your thing going like you you do you stick with it and if they pay you for it then they pay you for it but then also the other songs i feel like they could have been just from like libraries or submissions so there's a lot of different ways that music licensing happens is when you have a song like there's lots of different things that could happen. So if I write a song today and it is called happiness is here. Great. Okay. The song happiness is here. I put it in and I can do a couple different things. I can go out and I can actually talk to music supervisors for all the, all over and just say, Hey, I know that you've worked on this movie and this movie, and I have a song that is very similar to those songs. And I know that if you happen to work on another movie that is similar to that, you can also come to me and then they would be able to come to me. See if I, if my, what my price is, if it fits into their budget, Budget, then they could you know pay me for that song and then there's the other way of where i just put it into a a library of people like and this happens quite a bit a lot of different movies will go to music libraries and that's just like a business now like where you can go in and you can say i need a song that says happiness is here today is great something like that they like type in a phrase or and you can be they have these search engines that'll just go through all these songs and say, okay, here are the songs that say happiness is here and, or happiness here today, whatever. And then they can pick the songs that maybe work best for them. Then there's also the other way of they basically put out like a notice to songwriters. Like there's a couple different services that you can go through. Like taxi is one of them. Uh, basically they put out these notices saying hey this person is looking for a song that sounds like this has this type of a feeling and you know they're it's they need to all their options by tomorrow and basically if you have something that fits that then you can submit it to it so all that to say <laughs> for anybody who had no idea how music licensing was found uh this to me sounded like 
they had just been like going into a pool of songs that they already had maybe in a library or uh, like it kind of sounds like a library thing. Like I need something that says this or has this type of a thing. Or it was like a taxi type situation where they're like, hey, write me a song about this and whosoever writes a song that sounds the best, then we'll go with that one. Um, so it definitely wasn't a, this song is going to push the, the narrative forward and it's in, integral to the plot. And that's what bothers me because <laughs> it's like, if you're going to take <laughs> Little Mermaid, like have a plan and get somebody in on the plan. And there's a lot of times right. where they, they'll do that, but, um, yeah. Well, just a little tease for the Tangled, the series episode that we're going to be doing is they did bring back the original songwriting team, Alan Menken and Glenn Slater, and it shows. So I'm not going to talk about my thoughts on the music, but you'll have to stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe. It'll be fun. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. That was a long like rant. (laughs) No, it was pretty interesting. I liked it. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to know the backstory. What really happened behind the scenes? I would. We'll never... Maybe we'll interview the guy. Who knows? I That's actually something I might end up doing is just reaching out to a whole bunch of different music supervisors just to say, okay, what were you, what was your like thoughts? What were you thinking? <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to say it like that. Cause that's most of the time. That's not how I feel. Like, cause a lot Don't of times. Don't say it like that. Cause they will not respond back to your email. I know. Like, <laughs> but I'm just thinking like, you know, what goes into when you're preparing for like this, when you prepared for this movie, what was in your head? Like, what were your options? What was your game plan? Like, those are types of things that I find really interesting because be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fascinating. It's a whole side of the industry that doesn't to the, to the wide open spaces doesn't really know, uh, but it is a thing. It's a job and they're very important to making sure everything works out. Can I, can I go on one more rant on the music? Take it away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is your area of expertise. <laughs> like, this is my one, like, I, I don't have a lot of things that I can rant about other than like these things that are like, whoa, this is me. Um, so at the very end, it's the closing credits. They bring back the song, part of your world, but it felt like something that you would hear in a hotel lobby, like piano bar. And okay, you have it was me. just super off model to me. <laughs> Not <Off> model. For- <laughs> <laughs> if we're going for the like, you know, animation, tro- like animations, you know, analogy analogies here. That was what was super off model. Cause we did, uh, you didn't mention this in our conversation yet, but I did see that you'd thought that Trident was off model. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. But this song was super off model for me <laughs> <laughs> because you have, you know, part of your world. They try to add like a R&B remix type style to it, but they don't do a very good job at it. And then the voice was a good voice. The singer was good, but it just didn't feel like it belonged, you know? And especially if you have Jodie Benson already on the docket, you've already had her sing songs. <gasps> How easy would it to be just say, hey, Jodie, we're going to finesse the style of this. So mm-hmm. just do this in a different style. Like we're going to, hey, if you were to do an R&B remix of, <laughs> of this song yourself, how would you do it? And just go for it. And I feel like that would have, it would have added so much interest because one, it's still harmonious uh, with the fact that it's Jody Benson. So you can, it's still familiar enough that people aren't going to turn away, but it's also because it's familiar, but not the same, it would pique more people's interest. So that was the thing that I was like, why? Why couldn't you have her just do that again? I don't know. But, 
Oh, well. Maybe they just wanted to really create differentiation between the Disney Broadway musical version, not like the actual Broadway musical version, but like the, the Disney musical style of Ariel. And they didn't want to confuse it with a different version that's clearly Jody Benson as well. I don't know. Or they just went online and found somebody else's version and said, yeah, that's going to be a lot cheaper. <laughs> right. But you already had her on the payroll, so you do have a good point. That's That was the thing. It's like if you already have her singing these songs. Like Anyway, okay. Rant finished. We can move past the songs. <laughs> yeah, so we're not really talking about specific plot points, but if you've watched Little Mermaid, you kind of know what happens here. And I found myself, as I kind of started realizing what was happening with the plot, getting more and more bored with where they were going, especially that final battle. I'm just, I was just kind of over it because it was, I'd seen it before. It wasn't anything new or exciting. I knew it was going to happen. And yeah, so here is my proposal of how they could have made the Little Mermaid 2 return to the sea better. Mm -hmm. And they still could have returned to the sea because, again, that's what we all want. We want to see mermaids. That's the reason this franchise is so successful. It's because it features a mermaid very prominently. So instead, I think what they needed to do is she still could have had a daughter, obviously, and a daughter who desires to become a mermaid. And she mm -hmm. loves the sea. And they still even could have had the... Ariel's now anti-sea. Okay. And so they could have had a very creative way for her, meaning Melody, to become a mermaid that didn't resort using a sea witch. Been mm -hmm. there, done that. Okay, that's over and done with, right? Yeah. So Ursula's I don't know. crazy sister. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, maybe she could have found that locket somehow. So, so we're still keeping the first... 10, 15, 20 minutes of the film, but maybe that she found the locket and it was cracked or busted, or it's just been so long that it accidentally had powers that turned her into a mermaid. Cool. Now she's stuck a mermaid, which is her biggest dream of all time. And so this isn't so bad. She's super happy. And so we get to see that moment where she's akin to in the first film where Ariel's on land and she's discovering what it's like to be a human. Everything that she's ever dreamed about doing and being, she can finally see that. And I would have liked to have seen more of Melody really drinking in the fact that she was a mermaid we have that little song where we see it now but it just i would have liked to see more so what i would have liked to have seen is somehow she goes to atlantica gets to explore and then this the real fun happens where she realizes that the problems that she's having on land haven't gone away maybe she meets some new tweens just like her and she still doesn't really fit in or she's kind of clashes with them in a way like, that would have been fun so she realizes huh okay well i thought this was going to solve all my problems and then this would give her more appreciation for her mom and dad and life on land and we could have some sort of villain element that kind of creates conflict i'd say leave triton out of this because if triton realizes who she is immediately he's going to bring her back to the daughter so i just don't see a way of really naturally bringing triton back in until the very end where maybe he discovers her and has you know rescue her or something happens right but uh -huh. but ultimately she chooses to go back on land because that is where home is and that's where she wants to be. Right. Because um, then she's making a different choice than Ariel made in the first film. Ariel said, I'm over this. Peace out. Bye. I'm choosing to live on land. And I'm everyone's okay with that. That's her decision. You know, the bird, or in this case, the mermaid flew the nest and swam the nest. <laughs> and off we go. And, but this, you know, it, it allows her not to be such a carbon copy of the mom. She's making her own choices. And she's actually realizing that being a mermaid isn't all that it cracked up to be and she actually had a really good thing going up on land 
now that being said, I still like my ending of a magical portal hula hoop that they can just <laughs> swim in and, and, and then you get the, really the best of both worlds. Who I think that's awesome, it? but that would be almost too easy where it's like, you can have your cake and eat it too, but eh, it's a sequel. Why not? Okay. So with that, now let's rate it. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> You can't rate my version of the film because I know that's super awesome and that's the movie you want to see. You need to rate the version that you saw. Take it away, Chelsea. Oh, I am going to say I give this movie like two stars. Oh. Which is to say not great. Like, and I remember when I watched this movie being really underwhelmed, really kind of disappointed um, just because it was like you, you just had to keep it it was so good the original and you just had to like go above like a certain level and it would have like stayed in my head as being like a good film but it was a disappointment to me i remember then and it still is now where i'm like i when marissa was like oh we could watch this other one i'm like uh, i really don't want to <laughs> i think ariel's beginning is much better though is it okay well yes. add that to the list for add it to the list <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give it two stars as well. It, you know, these Disney sequels, they, they bring you back to what you love, the characters that you love. In this case, it was an opportunity to go back into the sea based on that commercial that you and I know, you know, by memory, because we watched those VHS tapes so many times. And sometimes you'd fast forward through them and sometimes you wouldn't yeah. where it, it had a good pitch, right? It, the hook was, Hey, what if I had fins and I, she actually wants to go back to the sea, unlike her mom who wanted to go on lands. It, it's an interesting concept, Yeah, but that's where it fell apart. Cause they just rinsed and repeated everything from the original film. Yeah, Nothing felt original. Um, I liked the character design of melody and the animation is okay. It's definitely the quality for the direct video sequels has improved. You know, there's still a few off model characters, but I don't blame them. It's this was still hand-drawn era. And so it was off model. But eh, the songs were subpar. The plot was subpar. Morgana, Morgana is a subpar villain. It just didn't deliver in any way. And I found myself very bored when midway through when I realized this wasn't going to provide me anything new or exciting. And for that reason, two stars. Well, there you go. Let us know what you think about this movie. Do you, are you thinking we're completely off or do you agree? Go to rotoscopers.com slash 177 and let us know in the comments there. We always go back and we say, hey, and we, you know, continue the conversation. Okay, and now let's go to the voicemails. Hi guys, Rebecca here. So excited that you all are back. This is the first time I've been brave enough to call in as I found the podcast just before it went on hiatus. As a Canadian, I just want to say a special thank you to Mason for remembering Canada when it came to the setting for Brother Bear. Canada sort of gets the short end of the stick when it comes to Hollywood, and I'd love to see more representation for us in an animated movie. Maybe some Canadian folklore made into a Pixar short. Okay, Little Mermaid 2. Not gonna lie, I don't hate this sequel. Do I love it? No. But I don't blame Melody at all for wanting to go back to the sea. The best parts of the first movie were all under the ocean. Not to mention the Little Mermaid TV show in the 90s was all about Ariel's life under the sea. When I was a kid, I didn't really think about it, but now that I'm older, I kind of low-key judge Ariel for leaving the ocean and her entire family for the nice yet bland guy who was Prince Eric. 
I enjoy both Ariel and Eric more as parents when they are the ones who are being mature instead of doing stupid things because they love one another. This movie would have been so much better, though, if it had focused on Ariel's parenting woes and maybe had some snarky commentary from Triton being like, harder than it looks, hmm? Catharsis for all the late 80s and 90s kids who grew up and now either have kids themselves or are aunts and uncles sprouting gray hairs. Too bad the music wasn't on par with the first movie. Anyways, thanks for taking my call. Looking forward to many more podcast episodes and discussions. Cheerio! Hey guys, my name's Luke. I'm a huge fan of the Rotoscopist podcast. And uh, I've been consuming an excessive amount of your content because of quarantine, uh, just while I'm drawing and things like that. So I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen Lady and the Tramp in like 10 years, but I still had to listen because I'm that hungry for new content. So I'm really happy that you guys are uh, putting out more episodes. So um, I hope you guys are happy and healthy. And I was excited to see what episodes you guys would be reviewing next. Uh, So many great movies came out since you guys went on your hiatus. Uh, Spider-Verse, Klaus, Spies in the Skies. So uh, you imagine how how ecstatic I was when you guys announced that you'd be reviewing Little Mermaid 2. But that's awesome. Uh, I can't wait to listen to this next episode. I actually have never seen Little Mermaid 2. Uh, I wonder if it's on Disney+. Plus. So thank you guys, and I uh, can't wait to give you guys another listen. Hi, this is Annie from Austin, Texas. I'm so glad that you guys are back, and I really enjoyed your episode on Onward. My husband and I saw it, and we both enjoyed it. But we came out thinking pretty much the same thing, which was it didn't really feel like a Pixar movie. We both kind of agreed that it felt like a really, really good, possibly even the best Sony or DreamWorks movie, but a pretty middling, lower Pixar movie. I don't know. It just didn't really feel like it. The ending was good, but the rest of it just felt kind of generic and didn't have the quality or heart that I typically uh, would expect from Pixar. So yeah, really enjoyed the show and looking forward to more. Bye. You are my world, my darling. What a wonderful world I see. You are the song I'm singing. You're my Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. Even though The Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea isn't the best movie in the world, I still had a great time talking about it and watching it with Chelsea. And I hope you guys did too. Let us know your thoughts in the comments, rotoscopers.com slash 177. And of course, a big shout out to our patrons, Roto Nation, who support the podcast and keep things going. We love you guys. Again, like we said before, there are so many awesome Roto perks that you get as part of being a patron, including extra bonus episodes, extra content, ad-free episodes, exclusive patron-only Facebook community, and oh, so much more. So check that out at rotoscopers.com slash patron for more information. You can check us out individually at our... Uh, our individual locations. I am Chelsea Robson on Instagram, Twitter. You can go to chelsearobson.com and you can, if you are looking to do something special for a family member or a loved one for any reason, 
you can have me write a song for them because that's a thing and uh, that's what i do so go to chelsearobson.com and then morgan you can find her morgan straddling on instagram twitter oh your website too yep. you've got a lot of fun stuff going on so if you're looking to build a business online morgan's your gal yes i have a youtube channel just find me at morgan straddling like Chelsea said, all of those super cool places on social media. You can follow us on social media. We are at Rotoscopers, Instagram, Twitter. If you are listening to the show, be sure to tag us at Rotoscopers. We will share your story on our story. And of course, include the hashtag animation addicts on Twitter and Instagram. We love seeing you guys listening to the show. It helps spread the word. And of course, the easiest, freest way to share the show is to leave us a five-star review. We still are doing our giveaway for just a few more days. So if you have not left your review and entered on our Instagram post, be sure to go there. I will include a link directly in the show notes of where you can find the post. It is so easy. All you have to do is leave a review, let us know, and then you are entered to win that Amazon gift card. So I'm going to read one of our latest reviews. This is from KM. K-I-E-S. So Kim Keys, maybe I'll just call it that. It says, hi, Rotoscopers. And this person wrote, this is my favorite podcast by far. Nothing but a good time with these guys. So glad you're back. Life was a little bit darker without your podcast, though I understand why you guys needed a break. Stay classy. And then a whole Aww. bunch of fun heart emojis, kissy emoji. Thank you. So if you want to get your review shouted out on the show, make sure to leave us a five-star review to help support the show. And... We may be able to get Mason to do it in a random voice. So you can yeah, put that out there too. Yes. If you leave us a five-star review and you want Mason to do it in an animation character voice, just l note that at the very end of the review and he will do that. We'll, we'll pick some of these and we'll read them on our future episodes. So that's super fun. He's, he's amazing. If you have not seen his 100 animated voices video, I will link it in the show notes. He can do all of those voices and more. So he is basically any voice he can do. He's super talented. So be sure to do that. Check it out. Thank you so much for those who have left reviews and for the support. And our next episode is actually going to be a new release, Trolls World Tour, which just came out. So be sure to check that out because that's going to be a lot of fun. That is our next episode. And until next time, we are the Rotoscopers. Well, you think about, okay, if every tween, you know, who watches this movie and thinks, I don't belong either. I belong under the sea, under the sea. <laughs> There'll be no accusations, just friendly crustaceans under the sea. You're welcome. Sorry, I have spit. I need to <clears throat> swallow. Um, <clears throat> I get very, like, uh, drooly. Is that the term? <laughs> like, I just get a lot of uh, spit in my mouth when I'm talking on these podcasts. Um, anyway. Since we have brought the podcast back, we have had so many matron... Matrons? Yes. Well, there's some matrons there, too. <laughs> Since we brought the podcast back, we've had so many patrons, <sighs> like what are those beta patrons? No, Morgan, get your act together. Let's start this one more time. Since we have brought the podcast back, <sighs> take a deep breath and breathe. <sighs> it's okay. We can start this over again. <laughs> Since we have bought, <sighs> unfortunately it has never been released on Blu-ray, but that's okay because if you have Disney plus, it doesn't say.
Because I'm pretty sure we have it. Maybe. <laughs> okay, then just ignore what I'm talking about. I mean, Cut I don't, that. I don't <laughs> know if it's actually if it's a DVD or a Blu-ray, but it looks like a Blu-ray case. And Marissa oh, showed it to me. Yes. She's just like, here, look, it's got both <laughs> The Little Mermaid Return to the Sea and The Little Mermaid Ariel's Beginning. Ariel's They're together. Beginning. We can watch them <laughs> yes, you are both right. back to back if you want. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> What have I got myself into? Yes, you are right. Blu-ray. Yes. Um, so this is a blooper where I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay.